Welcome back to another episode of Ads' Brace Yourself podcast. Today we are proud to introduce Beth from the Smile Studio in Bansdale, Victoria. She will be joined by your friendly ADSA representative Annalise and Courtney from Central Queensland University. Together they will discuss Beth's experience as an oral health therapist who successfully established her own independent clinic. Today's episode is a must hear for any upcoming dental and oral health graduates, so stay tuned and enjoy. everyone and welcome back to this episode of ADSA Brace Yourself podcast. I'm Annalise and alongside Courtney, we will be your hosts for this podcast episode. Today we are joined with special guest Beth Irvine, who is an oral health therapist. We'll be discussing starting your own clinic as an oral health therapist or a recent dental graduate in general. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us today, Beth, and taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak with us today. Tell us a little bit more about your background, uh, where you went to uni and where are you from? Hi, thanks for having me. So, yep, I'm Beth Irvin. I am an oral health therapist of around 12 years now, currently practicing in Bansdale, Eastern Victoria. And I graduated from Melbourne Uni in 2009 and then went on to complete the graduate um, certificate in advanced clinical practice, dental therapy in 2013. And yeah, so predominantly done um, public work since graduating in 2009. Um, And in the last two years, just I opened up my own practice just as a solo OHT. So yeah. Great. So what made you want to open your own practice? I, I think I always had in the back of my head since graduating that I would somehow start up my own business, my own practice. And I always wanted to come back, like, you know, graduating in Melbourne, I worked public in Melbourne in the outer eastern suburbs for a couple of years. And I always had wanted to come back home. So yeah, did a couple of years in Melbourne and a little bit of ortho there as well. And yeah, then came back to Bernsdale. And yeah, just, I, I just love public work. I love I've always loved it. So I wanted to really get that experience for a good few years before doing my own thing, which which I didn't really have a solid plan in my head for. I just kind of knew that I wanted to do it, but I wanted to get lots of experience at the same time in in public. Yeah, so yeah, and then I just eventually sort of, you know, I connected with um, another hygienist Paulette Smith, who, who had started her own solo business. And I thought, oh, great, like this is like what I want to do without spending, you know, a million dollars starting up, your, you know, starting up. Um, and, yeah, it's just discussions with um, her and other people and, you know, the, the scope and regulation changes and independent practice coming in, it all just kind of started to happen and thought, yep, why not now? And, yeah, so the long-winded version of it. Um, how do you think your previous experience helped or didn't help with your journey starting a business? Was there any preconceived notions that you thought you had coming into the business that you needed to change? Or do you think that you set yourself up well? 
so yeah, I, I always struggled with how I would do it and cost was a big a big factor. You don't earn a lot of money in public. So that was that was always sort of, you know, oh how am I gonna do it? It's gonna cost a lot of money and but then, you know, connecting with, with the other with Paulette and just discussions with her and she made me realise that you really don't need to spend that and you can just start with your own small thing. Yeah, it, it's doable. I think, you know, we we have this preconceived notion that everything has to be perfect and, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be perfect, sparkling, brand-new practice. I mean... That's what we, we might all wish for, but as long as we're following infection control guidelines and doing the right things, yeah, it's doable. Yeah, I think we just need to take it down a notch and start slowly. Start from it doesn't have to be big and beautiful. It can be basic as well. Sorry, what was the other part of your question? <laughs> no, you've pretty much answered it. Like um, Your previous experience seems to have helped quite a lot especially going public because you bring a lot of the infection control principles and the strictness from public maybe if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice before your practice journey what would you what would you say to yourself yeah I think just what I was saying before it doesn't have to you know just bring it down bring it back down to basics think about just the basic thing of, of what of what you want to do and I think if I had no, if I had that sort of thinking years ago, I probably would have started years ago. But dental culture makes it to be bigger than Ben Hur as well. Um, and imp- imposter syndrome is a wasn't is and still is a big thing for me and a lot of um, other clinicians, especially OHTs, because we're always kind of in the shadows of the dentists, not to put them down or anything, but. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, what are they going to think of me starting up my own solo thing? Like nobody does this. Everyone's going to think I'm not following regulations. They're going to call the dental board on me and imposter syndrome. So now that independent practice is obviously becoming a lot more common, people are, you know, the dental world is getting a bit used to it now. Yeah, so squash the imposter syndrome as well. I think being an OHT, it does come with a lot of explanation. Of course, it comes with a lot of education to patients, but it also comes with a lot of education to other clinicians and general people. When you say, oh, yeah, I'm an oral health therapist, they say, oh, what's that? So you need to have a really solid foundation about what you do and your philosophies and your scope so that you can say that and you can be proud and you can be straightforward and honest with people as well. A lot of my patients still come to me thinking that I am a dentist. I don't want them to think yeah. I'm a dentist, but they they don't like that they don't know what we are. They have never really heard of a high like in my area anyway. I mean, if you go to Melbourne, everyone knows who who what a hygienist is. In Bensdale, no one does because there's only three of us now in the last few years um, practicing in Bensdale. But yeah, it's just hasn't been a thing here. So. Yeah, I do get those questions and, but I've, you know, got the certificates up on the wall and, you know, that prompts some discussion as well and, yeah. Would you say that was one of your biggest um, obstacles having to get over, just explaining that to your patients that, you know, I have gone to uni, I'm not a dentist, but... Yeah, and I still do that. <laughs> yes, still do that. And that's where social media is good because 
a lot of my clients do fight you know do find me through social media and you know quite a few of them know that I'm know that I'm not but know that I'm registered and I've done three and a half years of study and we know what we're doing so so when like starting up your practice how did you try and like plan what you wanted to make sure you included in your setup or something that you didn't really think about when you were setting up um well it was a good six months of planning um and working out whatever you know costs and overheads will be I'm really lucky that I'm in my mum's office so she's helped me out a lot there um so I'm really lucky with that you know I don't have a massive you know rental overhead or big bills to pay there so that really helps but working out what everything costs so um and that's another thing as well you don't need to have the best of the best dental chair or you know autoclave or anything um yeah, as long as you can source things that are TGA approved and listed, that's good enough. And yeah. And do you have a business manager or are you principal and business manager? My mum, my mum's my, <laughs> my mum's my accountant and I'm thank goodness that she is because I'm hopeless with all of that. But um, and she's in, in the office as well. So that really helps. Um, but yeah, no, just just me. Do you like working for yourself or do you sometimes wish you might have had someone else that could join you after having worked in that public sector with some, like a group of people? Yeah, I do like working by myself. I've just always been sort of an independent sort of person. So I do enjoy it. Um, Yeah, I guess the, you know, the, you know, yeah, I, I do everything. So I do my own stereo, but I'm not seeing, you know, 12, 15 patients a day. I'm only seeing like four to six maybe. So yeah, um, it's definitely manageable. But yeah, I, a, another hygienist in the area sometimes rents my space from me, um, just brings in her own clients now and then. So that's good for her and me because I only work normally three days a week. Rolling off the back of that, how did you build your patient database and uh, attract people to come to your practice? Yeah, that took a a while. I haven't really, I haven't paid for any advertising or anything. It's really just been through social media, Facebook and Instagram um, and word of mouth as well. You'd probably know that small towns, you know, are great for word of mouth. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, just those two things really, social media and word of mouth, and I've found that that's that's been good. I, and I, I, as I said, I don't have huge overheads that I was desperate for new patients or anything. I was happy to take it slow from the beginning and, you know, get used to things myself. And I was also working um, in my public job still as well. So this was my side hustle that turned into my business. So, yeah. <laughs> so you said that you use Instagram and Facebook a lot. What do you find patients actually like seeing on Instagram because I know there's a bit of you know you have to be careful with what you post to make sure it's all correct and accurate but what do you think patients actually like seeing maybe it's a yeah it's a mixture of things I think like I put up a story the other day going I feel like I'm just all over the place you know I share family stuff and I my kids and like my microscope biofilm testing and my um, mini smile makeovers and whitening and yeah it's it's a mixture I think when I share the client's results with permission of course that tends to 
get a few bookings in and I'm sure, you know, most other dental practices will agree with that. But, yeah, and it's an education platform as well and I think I, I don't get much interaction with it but I know that people are looking at it. You can see who's looking at it and that's a good thing. Do you think it helps clients to actually see what you actually do more than just saying it? Yes. Like they can actually, it's a visual representation of what you do so they can actually see, okay, an oral health therapist can, you know, yeah. do whitening. It's not just the dentist. It gives you gives them a bit more knowledge about what you actually do. Yes, that's right. Yeah, your your handiwork. It's like, yeah, we, we work with our hands and people want to know that we're capable and we've got those skills and sharing sharing photos if they if the patient doesn't mind then that's that's fine that's good and being a a sole practitioner how does that work in terms of needing to refer patients off and um, all that sort of thing yeah so just simply if something is there that I am not able to treat then I'll just refer it to whoever whoever they prefer really I mean I do do you know simple restorations I tend not to do aproximals or anything because that can be a bit tricky I I just choose my cases and if I say "Mm, I'm not I'm not confident doing that you know without an assistant and that sort of thing then then they're usually happy to to be referred on yeah I mean most of them come from a usual dentist anyway and see me um, and I'll just say yeah just go back to them and get that checked out and yeah So do you see both adults and children or do you see predominantly children or predominantly adults or? Yeah, probably more adults than kids, but I definitely see kids as well. What was your biggest learning curve with like differentiating your, how you talk to a patient between like an adult and a child? Because I know at the moment that's what our biggest step is, is like not dumbing it down, but making it sense for like a six-year-old child compared to someone who's in their 40s and have a bit more dental literacy. Yeah, I don't know. You just change your whole tone of voice and you just, I don't know, I, I, I barely even notice that I do it anymore, I think. Just, yeah. Um, that's comforting for us yeah. because mm. that's what we're really struggling with at the moment and approximal boxes yeah. as well, as you said. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's good knowing that knowledge so that you can explain that to patients about what they're going to have done at a different practitioner's office. So you know yes. that that's the edge of your scope, you understand that, and you can refer that one off confidently, which is fantastic. Yeah, pick my cases. If it's a simple thing, that's fine, I can do it. But, yeah, if it's going to be hitting the pulp, then, yeah, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this year, a little bit later in the year, um, we're gaining provider numbers, which is fantastic. Um, How do you think this is going to impact your practice or did impact your decision to open a practice? Did you know that this was going to come before you opened or straight off? Yeah, no, um, but I've already had a lot of, you know, people asking me, um, even since I started, yeah, do we, do I accept, well, you know, claim under CDBS? Yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing I'm still, you know, I've got a few in the background waiting to for that to kick in. So, yeah, it'll definitely be hugely beneficial. We are oh, just as a side, a side thing. Um, 
We had, so have you heard of Smile Squad? The, there's basically school dental vans that they've just started running in Victoria, just around to public schools, um, in the last couple of years, I think. Well, yeah, they started before COVID and then, yeah, all that up and down. And, um, while I was working, um, in public, um, I was doing a little bit of that, but of course, stop, stop and start through COVID. And that, they, I, I don't believe they have any clinicians to even run it. They've got the van sitting here in Bairnsdale and not, I don't think they're even really running at the moment. So, yeah. But anyway, it'll be beneficial for sure. Yeah. That's strange that we haven't heard about that because obviously yeah. we're all part of uh, ADSA and ADODA and all those big organisations and I feel like I haven't seen anything about that. Is this a government initiative or is this... We are, we're based in Queensland so our Queensland Health um, has a similar setup with the school dental vans in the schools. Um, oh, us do, yeah. Yeah, so they're yeah. in um, most towns and usually, from what we know, there are clinicians that are in those and are treating patients. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's hard when you, hard. especially with the impact of COVID, just, you know, starting and stopping all that treatment, I guess, a lot of patients in that area would have been heavily affected. Yes, yeah. And yeah. then a lot of patients as well are like, can you treat me if I'm COVID vaccinated? Can you treat me if I'm not vaccinated? Uh -huh. All that sort of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion around it as well. Yeah, I probably didn't, um, yeah, stay for that long. Yeah, it was pretty much lockdown. Well, we've been in lockdowns a lot more, I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, this is through, it, it is government funded. Um, but funnily enough, there's a lot of, um, mobile business, private mobile businesses coming around down to this area from Melbourne. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, either way, it's great. But yeah, it it's it it goes to show. I think that with the CDBS coming in, there's a lot more little startups and mobile things happening. And yeah, whether it's government or not, it's it's most likely a a good thing. So yeah. So when you um do use your provider number, do you have a dentist that you work in conjunction with just to, you know, if you need to go get that OPG, do you send them off to them or? Yeah. So just... if I'm referring for an OPG, they just pay the full fee um, for the moment. Um, and in our area, they don't bulk bill anyway that I'm aware of. So if a dentist refers um, with their provider number, they'll get us a, a rebate. Um but if I refer, they'll just pay the full fee. So I explain that, um, you know, I can give you a referral, take it if you like, or you can go to your dentist and get a referral, you'll get a small rebate. And, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't have a provider number yet, obviously. So yeah, I don't work with anyone in particular or anything like that. That so, referral process as well, do you find that sometimes you can lose patients having to refer them on to someone else and you feel like, oh, what if they don't come back to me? Or do you feel pretty confident most of the time that, you know, they will come back to you and yeah. keep seeing you? It's not so much of a worry for me. I just want people to see who they feel most comfortable with and who can treat them the best that to what they need. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not really concerned about it. I'm not so much like what I what I'm doing I am limited in my capacity to treat caries really so I kind of I really don't mind them going to someone else and getting it, it done there and if they want to come back for their regular checkups and cleanings or perio 
maintenance or whatever, that's fine. Yeah, I have noticed quite a lot though perio patients coming to me and they have no idea that they've got eight millimeter pockets and they're like, oh, I just had yeah. a checkup six months ago. Like, yeah, yeah. but anyway, that, that's, you probably see that widespread, but um, yeah. yeah, so then they're happy to come back and get it treated and, but yeah, yeah. And yeah. you say that you don't work with a dental assistant usually. No. just. Do you just, think that you will oh, ever yeah. incorporate a dental assistant to work with you or? I don't really do have this. Space for it because my original intention was just to do hygiene and whitening. Although I'm really, I've been spoiled with a DA for most, pretty much all of my career so far. It was a bit of a learning curve at the start, but you kind of just starting out with the cleanings, doing that without an assistant. That was it. it was a learning curve at for, you know coordinating everything but you kind of get used to it and then you think oh yeah just do this sealant and oh yeah just fill this you know it yeah it, and I use a um a pure vac suction tip as well so it's got a little mirror in it so that really helps as well yeah but I've just adapted and if it's too hard I won't do it just refer it absolutely mm. do you have any more questions for Beth today um I might just ask it as well um so what do you feel like your practice philosophy is at the moment? Would you say that you're more of a holistic practitioner? Do you feel like you're just working on preventative? You're making sure that people are looking after all the other contributing factors that are um, presenting with their oral health? Or do you feel like possibly you're uh, just treating patients based on their needs at the time? Yeah, I do like... I like to get to the root cause of things, so I guess that's under this the holistic realm. Our mouths are attached to our whole bodies and our whole bodies are going to be impacted if we don't have a healthy mouth and I really like to push, you know, put, you know, I love those discussions with my patients, especially the ones that are interested in it with the the microbiome and the biofilm testing and you know, mouth breathing and high palates and the causes of crowding and yeah yeah I think a lot Sorry. of dental practitioners would say that the mouth is the window to the soul not the eyes <laughs> yes yep yep I believe that that's a good one <laughs> yeah so and we we are we do have um an airway focused dentist about less than an hour away as well so I've been oh. referring to her quite a bit for the kids that are you know presenting with crowding early on so mm. yeah she'll usually yeah, she'll look at the airways and do expansion and stuff and, you know, start early as well, whereas, yeah, I haven't had the greatest experience with others in the area. So, yeah, that's good. It's amazing yeah, how um, we can incorporate so many people of the dental team together to, you know, make sure we always get the best outcome, just making sure yeah. we incorporate everyone that we know is able to help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, I wish there was, like, there should be a group of people or, or I don't know, I just want everyone to be able to talk to each other and learn from each other and it's just so interesting. I just love continually learning about the mouth-body connection. And In a perfect world, we'd have one big building and we'd have OHT, dentist, periodontist, orthodontist, yeah. speech pathologist, we'd have OTs, ear, nose and throat yeah. specialist. Just go up to the next floor, just go down a floor. <laughs> Yeah. Next door, someone exactly. can help me. But dentistry is changing every single day. So it's just a case of keeping up to date with what's new and 
practicing by uh, evidence-based uh, academic literature, really. So yeah, exactly, and learning from one another. Well, thank you again That's for good. joining us today on this podcast episode. Um, if you want to find Beth's details, you can find her on Instagram at the Smile Studio Bansdale, and her website is thesmilestudio.com.au. And on behalf of Courtney and myself, we would like to say thank you for joining us on this episode of Brace Yourself and that lots of students can take away a lot of useful information about starting their own practice upon graduation. Um, Thank you everyone for tuning in and we hope you join us on our next episode that comes out on the first Wednesday of next month. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed our chat. Thank you.